Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Today, I want to continue talking to you about the cross. The cross of Jesus. Its power. Its person. And its purpose. Today we will focus on what Jesus Christ is doing for us, what he has done, and what he will continue to do. And so I'm going to ask you now to go to your Bibles or whatever you choose to read from. And uh, we will go to the book of Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 19. And Paul says, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them, And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. For if when we were enemies, when we were what church? Enemies. We were reconciled to God God by his death or by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved By his life. We shall be saved by his life. Heavenly Father. We now open your words. We pray dear Jesus. That you will speak to us now. And make this word become alive in our heart. Make it integrate in our lives. Lord we pray that the bond that will be formed between us and you will be an everlasting bond, an eternal bond that will always be in our lives. Oh God, as we open your word, bless us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to begin by asking the question, Why did Jesus have to die? Why did Jesus have to die? And so I will seek to answer this question in a partial way. Because we cannot fathom all the things of God. And our limited understanding does not allow us to plumb the depth of God's wisdom or to fully comprehend all the things that relate to salvation. As a matter of fact, there are some things about God that you will never understand. But you have to accept them and believe them. If you try to understand them, They will blow your mind. If you don't 
accept them and believe them, you will lose your soul. So I'm going to ask you, do nothing to blow your mind. And do nothing to lose your soul. Is that okay with you? Very good. Very good. So the question is, why did Jesus have to die? Now, Jesus came to give us life. He came to die for us, and his death results in salvation. Now, I want to start out by pointing out two reasons. There are many reasons, but I want to point out two reasons why Jesus came to earth. Number one, Jesus came... To vindicate his father's character. What did I say? Jesus came to what? Vindicate his what? Father's character. What do I mean by that? You see, when the devil, or when Lucifer became the devil, he accused God. What did he accuse God for? He says God is arbitrary, God is a liar, and that he doesn't love the world. He is very selfish and self-centered. That was what the devil said about God. That, is, that was his accusation of God. So, God decided... That he was going to prove the devil a liar. So the first thing that God did to prove the devil that he is lying is that he gave him a long time. A long time after he sinned. And even now, the devil is still alive. Am I right? No, if I were God, I would have killed him long ago. I mean, I, you do the same thing too. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I, I remember when I was a little boy, we used to sing, the devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I would lock him in a box. Lock him in a box and I would throw away the key. Am I right? I wouldn't go through all of that. I would just kill him. But why doesn't God kill the devil? God does not kill the devil because God is a merciful God and God is a loving God. No, if God killed, if God had killed the devil, then he would have to kill all of us just the same way because all of us, we followed in the devil's footstep. Am I right? Oh, yes. So which one of us here this morning does not deserve to die? All of us deserve to die. Am I right? Good. So, here it is that Jesus comes to earth to prove to the world that God is a loving, merciful God. So, he comes to vindicate to the world, to show to the world that he is loving and that he is kind. And so, he, he is a part, of his, a part of his attribute is that he is long-suffering. He is merciful. 
He is kind. Do you love this God? Oh, yes. We all love this God. So the first thing he came to do is to show the world that he is a loving God. And the second thing he comes to do is to provide salvation for all of us. To reconcile us to God. Yes. And so Jesus came to earth to vindicate his father's character. And he also came to earth to save us. His blood was poured out for us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 20, 20 and verse 28. For say the son of man did not come to be served. But to what? But to serve and to do what? And to give his life a what? A ransom. Now this word ransom here is a, is a very important word in, in, the, in the plan of salvation. Ransom. Now the death of Jesus Christ ransoms us. That's what it does. And so Jesus' Jesus' death is a ransom. Ransom. The, the word ransom here really means to buy back, to repurchase, to take back. When man sinned, he sold out his soul and his allegiance to the devil. So the devil becomes the controlling force in his life. God wants back man. And so he, he gave his son Jesus Christ as a ransom for us. The cost for our ransom is so enormous. And uh, it is so great. It is so huge that we couldn't pay it. We couldn't pay it. And so Jesus decided that he would pay it. Now, in order for, for the ransom to be paid, the person who pays the ransom should not be partakers of that which caused the ransom to be paid in the first place. In other words, for Jesus Christ to be the one to, to pay the ransom, he should not be involved in the sin that causes the ransom to be to be paid in the first place. But we know that Jesus Christ was sinless. Am I right? Yes. He came here and he lived a sinless life. Now he had sin upon him. I want you to understand that. Jesus had sin upon him. But he never had sin in him. Is that clear? He had sin placed upon him. Because he bears our sin. He was affected by it. But then it never entered in his being or in his life. So Jesus is free from sin. He was tempted but he never sinned. So temptation is not a sin. Do you get that? Temptation is not a sin. If you are tempted for a million times. As long as you don't succumb, you're okay. The, what is wrong is when you succumb to temptation. 
So Jesus was tempted, and he was tempted in all points as we are. But the Bible said, but yet without what? Sin. If Jesus had one taint of sin in him, he could not save us. In fact, he would need a savior himself. Oh, yes, but he came without sin. So, we see here that the death of Jesus provides a platform and a process for reconciliation. What did I say, church? The death of Jesus Christ provides a platform and a what? Process for reconciliation. Now, what is reconciliation? Reconciliation is the process by which the sinner obtain, obtains divine mercy and forgiveness for the sin committed against God. Now I want you to understand here that sin is always against God. You cannot sin against a human being. You can only sin against God. But the sin that you that you that the sin that you commit against God hurts human being. It hurts the relationship. It hurts the process. It, 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 it causes guilt in your own life. So you really don't confess to somebody your sin. You cannot confess your sin to a man. For that man, even if you confess your sin to that man, that man or that person cannot forgive you of your sin. In order for you to reach to, to, to get forgiveness or to receive forgiveness of sin, to whom should you go? You have to go to Jesus. You have to go to Jesus. Am I right? Beautiful. That is why it is a sin for you. Well, let me put it in another way. It is a sin for the priest to assume the place of Jesus to forgive your sin. So you can't go to the priest or to Father and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned against God. You must go to God and say to God, I have sinned against you and so I'm asking you to forgive me. As a matter of fact, you should go to God and say to God, God, Father, I have sinned against you. Forgive him too. But, some men want you to bring, their, bring your sins to them. But you must bring it to Jesus. As a matter of fact, let me just say to you here. Let me just say to you here. Are, are you listening to me? Let me just say to you here. There are some things that have occurred in your life. I wasn't there when they occurred. But I know. There are some things that have occurred in your own life. As you are looking at me now. That should be between you and God and God alone. Amen. Don't go around telling people everything. Oh no. Let me tell you something. No human being has the capacity. To look at you and absorb all that you tell them. And all that you have done. And remain the same. They don't remain the same. Professionally, they might try because of their training. They try to act professional, even, you know, to say 
that well, you know, um, uh, I, I understand that I am not judgmental. You know? But the point is that they don't remain the same. They don't remain the same. So, some things must be between you and God. Is that okay with you? All right, that's okay with me too. All right, so let's move on. Now, to reconcile is to make right or to harmonize relationship. What did I say? To reconcile, come on now, is to what? Make right or to harmonize relationship. Now, can, uh, I want you to spend a moment with me now and think about somebody that you have hurt, that you have harmed, that has caused a rift in your relationship. Think about it. Do you want to reestablish that relationship? And I, I, I hear somebody say, no, I, I really don't want to. I, will, I, 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 I don't have anything against him. Or I don't have anything against her. But it, that relationship can remain. But let me tell you something here. If you are going to be saved in the kingdom of God, you must be willing to forgive. Forgive us of our trespasses as we what? Forgive those that what? Trespass against us. That's a part of the golden rule. All right, so... So you must seek to harmonize relationship. Reconciliation involve, involve different parties coming to the same position. So why is there need for reconciliation? In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16, the Bible says, And I will cause hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Now the King James Version says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. In other words, here it is that God was, was acknowledging that there was hostility, a strife, a strain in the relationship between himself and man. Now what is it that has caused a strain in the God-man relationship? Sin. Am I right? Beautiful. So sin has caused a strain in the God-man relationship. As a result of the strain of relationship between man and God, Man and man also suffer strain in their what? Relationship. Now one of the most difficult things in life is for two people to live together. It's not easy. That's why some people divorce. And you have many divorced people in the church. You know why? Because it's not easy. It's hard. For two people to live together. Especially if one comes from Mars. <laughs> and the other one comes from Jupiter. Yeah? And both of them come together. And they decide. You know. I remember when I got married. Uh, I love peanut butter. Okay. And, and my wife also loved peanut butter. 
But because at my house where I grew up as a poor little boy, we never had any refrigerator. So we didn't put our peanut butter in the fridge. We put it up there in the shelf, on the shelf. That's where we put our peanut butter. But my wife, they had a fridge. So they put peanut butter in the fridge. Now after we got married, now I, I had a fridge. Both of us have a fridge now. But I still put my peanut butter in the cabinet. Put my peanut butter in the cabinet. My wife put her peanut butter in the Every time I put it, I use a peanut butter, I put it in the cabinet. She quarrel. Say the peanut butter must go in the fridge. Now I didn't grow up with any fridge putting any peanut butter. So I put peanut butter in my mother's cabinet. No, you see the problem there now? No, after a while now. She didn't want to put the peanut butter in the cabinet. So you know what I have to do now? I have to start. In order for us to live for the 29 years that we've been living for, I had to put the, fridge, the peanut butter in the fridge. Because she, wouldn't, she would never let up on me. Every time. No man, you need to put the peanut butter in the fridge. You know, we could be divorced over peanut butter. <laughs> oh, yes. We could be divorced over peanut butter. A simple thing as peanut butter, we could divorce. So, sin has caused a terrible strain on relationship. But you know, Jesus Christ here came down and said to Adam and Eve, I'm going to fix it. It's going to be hard. Somebody has to die in the process, but I'm going to fix it. And I'm glad that Jesus Christ has decided to fix it. You know something? When Jesus fixed it permanently forever, and there is no more no more sin. I'm going to put back my peanut butter in the cabinet. <laughs> oh yes. In the cabinet. But you know, here it is. That sin creates hostility between God and man. And this hostility necessitates reconciliation. In other words, we need to be reconciled to God. And so sin, sin... Yes, there has been a huge gulf between God and us. Yes, it is not humanly possible for us to bridge that gulf on ourselves, on our own. We don't have it. We cannot return to God as we are and live in his divine presence as we are. God hates sin because of that separation, and had to plan to bridge that gap. So here it is that because of sin, God, we are on one side, and God is on the other side. And so the Bible says that sin 
separates us from God. Hear what the Bible says in Isaiah 59 and verse 2. What it says? Our iniquities have separated us from God. Your iniquity has separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. In other words, sin separates us from God. That even our prayer don't go directly to God. They have to go to Jesus Christ who translates them into heavenly language so that God can hear and answer. And that is why God had to become man so that he can identify with us our weaknesses, our struggles. I'm so happy that God has identified with me. What do you say, church? So here it is. That sin has separated us. There is this hostility, this war that goes on. And God wants to fix it. And there is only one way to fix it. So he decides to fix it. Because we have a problem. And what is the problem? The problem is that we are sinful. And we are in eternal darkness. What is the problem? Our problem is the sin problem. The sin problem. So God decided that I have to fix this so that the relationship can be mended. So sin separates us from God. That is why there is need for reconciliation. So here it is. That Jesus Christ decides to bridge the gap. Now how does he bridge that gap? He bridged the gap by giving his life. So Jesus' death provides access for us to God. Do you understand what I'm trying to say, church? Without the death of Jesus Christ, we would be eternally alienated and separated from God. But how do we get back to God? Jesus Christ gave his life so that we can go back to God. Are you willing to go back to God today? Do you think that there's a need for us to go back to God? And how do we go back to God? That is the question. How do we go back to God? The first, the first step in going back to God is to acknowledge that we have wronged God. Do you hear what I say? The first step to go back to God. You must acknowledge that you have sinned. And the Bible says. All we like sheep have what? Gone our stray. We have turned everyone to his what? Own way. And you know something? When I was growing up. Especially when I reached the turbulent teens. When every, every, the whole world started to turn over. My mother would say to me, Norman, you are our own way, boy. Own way. You want to have your own way. And in, my mother would say to me, well, you know, I still remember what she used to say. She would say to me, Norman, 
cow. He says cow. He says cow. Some of you might not understand it, but I'll explain it to you because there is difference in culture. And she would say, Norman, cow does not hear war belongs to butcher. Let me explain that to you. Can you don't understand. Let me, let, let me explain to you. All my mother was saying to me, you see that butcher stall down there? Where the butcher, butcher's cow for meat for the people to eat? If you have a bad cow and it doesn't hear when you call him, all you need to do is take him to the butcher. And what the butcher does to the cow? Huh? The butcher has a long knife. Ah, whatever. Some in, in different places they don't do it that way because they are more, you know, humane to the animal because they, they can't just do it like that. They have to put them to sleep. But as I think about it today, how many of us want to have our own way with God? The, the question is, have you truly surrendered your life to Jesus? Or you just want to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it? You, cannot, you and I cannot be saved in the kingdom of God unless we are totally surrendered to Jesus Christ. I know it is hard. It is hard because you want to go your own way and do what you want to do. It is hard. And uh, I don't like people try to control me. And, uh, and my wife doesn't like it either. So I, I have to be very diplomatic when I'm trying to control her. I can't let you find out that I control, I'm controlling her. <laughs> I have to find a way that she doesn't feel it. Yeah. Yeah, but because she doesn't like it. But there is freedom in life. We talk about freedom. I'm free to do this and I'm free to be my own man. I'm free to be my own woman. I am free. But always remember that there is responsibility that is attached to freedom. What did I say? There is responsibility that is attached to what? Freedom. There can be no true freedom without responsibility. If you are, if you are, if you do not, if you do not live responsibly, Although you are free, you will be self-destruct. You will be self-destruct. You must follow rules. Oh, yes. And you must have, oh, process. And, and you must have regulation in your life. One of the most difficult things in life is self-management. Self-management. 
to manage yourself. You go to school and you have all these degrees in management and you can't manage your own life. Self-management. That's why we have so much ruin in people's life. Because they don't, they don't, they don't learn to manage their life. And those of you who are growing children, let me say to you here, you must teach your children to be obedient to you and to respect authority. Oh, yes. I know when you come to church with your children, you don't want anybody to, to, to rule them and tell them what to do. But try. It's hard to grow children. It's not easy. I've grown three of them. And by the time I was halfway through, all my hair turned white. But I put a little black knee in it now. You don't need any black knee because you, you're, 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 yeah, yeah. Hmm? Oh, yes. But you must teach your children to be obedient. Teach them to learn early to manage their own life. Because when they are gone, you're not going to be there to tell them, put up their toys, put up your shoes, spread up your bed, or, or pack up your books, study, do your own work. If you don't teach them from now, they are going to be relegates in this world. And I'm telling you from experience, children can be trained. What did I say? Children can be what? Trained. But you have to start early. And take nothing for granted. Oh yes. So, all I'm saying here is that you are free to do what you want to do. Do anything you want to do. Nobody's going to stop you. Do what you want to do. But you must be willing to face the consequences. So here it is that after Jesus bridged the gap, then we move over. We move over. You see here? I'll put that little thing there to show you how we move over. Let, let me move it again so you can see. We were on the other side. Am I right? Then after reconciliation and the bridges gap, the, the gap is bridged rather. What happened? We move over. And we find ourselves on the side of God. Am I right? We find ourselves on the side of holiness. We find ourselves on the side of eternal life. But this is a gift that comes from God. And so Jesus gave his life so that we can be reconciled with God. You know, I want to share this with you. It says that sin takes you where you do not want to go. Do you believe that? Yes. Sin takes you where you do not want to go. Then sin keeps you longer than you want to stay. Am I right? Yes. And sin costs you more than you are willing to pay. It costs a lot. That's why you must stay far away from it. Amen. Sin is very expensive. Am I right? And listen to me now. There are some wounds in life that will never be healed. And uh, when I was studying to be a counselor, one of the first things that my professor tells us, he said to us, young counselors, you must always learn this. 
that emotional wounds are harder to heal than physical wounds. That's what he said to us. And I've learned to prove it for myself. When someone is emotionally scarred, it is so difficult to heal. No, if you get a cut, and if you don't have diabetes, or if you're you're well nourished, then that wound will heal easily. And sometimes it leaves scars. Am I right? But you don't bother about those scars. But when you are wounded emotionally, it is so hard to heal it. But whatever your scars are today, whatever your wounds are today, whatever the hurt is today, I'm here to let you know that Jesus can heal it. There are some people in all the churches around here in South Florida and in the entire United States of America. They come to church every Sabbath or Sunday when they go to church and they carry with them some very hard, hard and difficult experiences with them. Sometimes people go to bed at night And when the problems of life come upon them and press them and rub them, they can hardly sleep. Oh, sometimes they go to bed with the pillow soaked with tears because of the hurt and the pain and the difficulties that they suffer at the hand of relatives at the hand of co-workers and more so from the hand of their own church people. This is hard and difficult. But I'm here to let you know today that whatever it is, that the grace of God can take care of you. So, Whatever sin has done to you, grace can do more for you. Do you believe that, church? Whatever sin has wrought in your life, the hardship, the pain, the emotional difficulties, I'm telling you today that God can heal it. He can heal it. Oh, yes, he can heal it. So, where, where sin abound, the Bible says, grace does much more abound. So Jesus Christ has come. He has died so that you and I can have a second chance. Second chance. You know, when I was a little boy growing up, and I like to go back to those days, you know, because I wish I could go back and stay in them sometime. Because... I never had any cares in this world. I, 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 I go to school. I come home. My dinner is ready. My clothes washed and fresh. Oh, oh, everything was all right. I was passing by to go home. I walked beside Miss Jane. 
Yeah, uh, I, beside Miss Jane's house to go home, I spawned off every June plum from her tree. <laughs> That's all right. And I was okay. I didn't have any problem. I go to bed at night. My mother had to wake me up in the morning to go to school. No problem. Nowadays, I can hardly sleep sometimes. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. Oh, yes. Nothing to worry about. But I can't go back to those days. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to live today. And I'm going to take one day at a time. And I'm going to trust and obey. But there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And I'm saying to the devil, devil, come with all you want to come with. Come with your mighty force. Come with your brute force. Come with your upper force. Come with your lower force. But whatever you come with, my God is able. Amen. Come with it. Come with it. And I'm, and I'm saying to you here today that you can, you can make it through the grace of God. For Jesus Christ has done everything. That's why the songwriter says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white and snow. Finally, as I close today, you know, it's very difficult not to be affected negatively by what people say about you. Am I right? And if they say bad things about you, it affects you badly. Am I right? If they say good things about you, you feel good about yourself. Am I right? Of course. But listen to me now. Not everybody is going to say good things about you. Do you hear what I say, sir? Even your own friends and your wife or your husband, they might be very critical of you sometimes. Am I right? But listen to me now. This is my last word and testament to you today. Remember, remember now, that is not what people think about you. Is how God sees you. Because, listen, you can get all the accolades in the world. You can get, you can line up your wall with all the certificates of appreciation. You can, you can, you can pave your floor with gold and silver. Or you can even lie down in golden bed like Nebuchadnezzar. But let me tell you, if at the end of it, you are not in a right relationship with God, it's better you were not born. Because you have been born already. And you cannot be unborn. You can't go back into your mother's womb and be born again. But you can be born another way. You must be born again through Jesus Christ. So today, I ask you. What is bothering you? What is your greatest concern in life? You listen to the children's story today. Very good children's story. Very good. Well presented. 
we have things that we worry about. And I've met a lady once, you know. She worried about everything. And one day she said, Pastor, I'm so worried because I can't find anything to worry about. Can't find anything. Children are doing well. I'm not sick. I have money in the bank. And my husband treats me very well. But I'm so worried. I have a very healthy appetite. When I eat, I eat well. I just did my medical. And doctor says that I am 100% fit. I am not even on any medication. But I'm so worried. You know, I go to church and I sing in the choir and I enjoy it. We go for practice on Friday night and the choir director is very good. And all the choir members, we live like a family and we call and pray. As a matter of fact, I'm in a prayer group and we, we call up every, each other at 5 o'clock in the morning and we pray and, and, and we have a good time. We, stay, we start the day with the Lord, but I'm so worried. want to turn it over to them? Yes. Please stand. I will finish the message when we come this evening, 7 o'clock. But I want to let you know today that all of us here, every one of us, every single one, we have our own story. If you don't have a story, Something is wrong with you. Every one of us, we have our own little story, and sometimes we just want to keep it in the closet. Am I right? But Jesus can help us to take care of it. I ask you now, turn it over to them. Don't go to them. And I'm going to ask you now, let us stand in a moment silent prayer. We're going to talk to God silently. Ask him. Tell him what's bothering you. Ask him to take it from you. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for being so gracious to us. We just want to thank you for being so good to us. Lord, we are so we are so much indebted to you for all that you've been doing for us. Oh Lord, when we look back over the path that you have taken us, it has been so difficult and treacherous. When we look at what the devil has caused people to say about us and to do with us. Oh God, we have only survived because you are God. And so today we come before you now 
And Lord, we just want to reconsecrate ourselves to you. Father, I ask you now, dear God, that you will take this congregation today. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for you for glorifying us. Lord, as we go today, we just want to surrender ourselves to you. We don't want to have our way. We want your way. Not your will. Not our will, but your will be done. Let your will be done in our lives as we now confess our sins and turn ourselves over to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.